is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It's Friday, August 2nd, 2019, Season 15, Episode number 19. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from Oxnard, California, talking a little Cowboys football with you guys today. It is the Groundhog Day around here, another day of practice this afternoon. Cowboys will take the field around 3.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. They have a walkthrough this morning. Uh, that is not available to the public, but if you're in the Oxnard area and want to come out and check out a practice, you can come out this afternoon, tomorrow afternoon, or Sunday, which is the day of the, uh, the blue-white scrimmage. That will start up around 3.30 Pacific as well. How's everybody feeling this morning? What it do, baby? Good day for you, Dave? Great. Always great. Good. I see you got your Mariners thing going. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, feeling a little good about your team right now? No, they're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Representing. There you go. All right, let's talk a little Cowboys football, Nick. Um, yeah. Let's start off first getting with some injuries. I, I, There are only, I don't know, it seems like there hasn't really been much in the way of injuries oh, around here. here we go. But there are three that are, are out there right it's now. Direct all your angry tweets to Derek. <laughs> yeah, because when it happens. Yeah, it when it happens, it kind of pours, right? But you got Sean Lee with a sprained knee. You got Rico Gathers with an ankle injury. Lance Lenore with a knee injury. Um, talk me through the severity of, of Sean Lee's injury. Because when we talked about it initially, it was kind of like, oh, it's just a precautionary thing. He's out for a day. He'll be fine. And now he's missed several practices. Uh, where where are we? Uh, yeah, what, where are we with that, and, and what's the severity of the injury? It still could be, honestly. Uh, that it's, it's hard to read these things with Sean Lee because it's, you know, a few years ago they – it's part of their plan to rest him anyway, you know, and and rightfully so with his injury history. I mean, it was, I think, last year where they didn't let him put pads on until, like, we were about to leave California. Or maybe even did they wait until we got back? It was uh, – he, yeah. he waited a long time before they finally let him go. So it's a, it's a minor MCL sprain. I know I saw a report yesterday that said it's more week-to-week week than day-to-day. Jason Garrett said it's it's not something they're super concerned about, and it's probably a little bit of all of the above. Like, it's not a super big deal, but it's also Sean Lee, who has an injury history, who's also 32 years old, and they don't want to push him and make it worse. So, I mean, yeah. Is, do I feel like I have the right read on that, Nick? Just I, I think so. I mean, they asked Jason about the surgery. Like, will this be a surgery? And he said, no, the, it won't be that. So, just that right there just lets me know that, okay, it's not severe, but it's also not like he'll be out tomorrow, you know. And yeah, I, I, mean, tomorrow, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the foreseeable future, maybe even until we get back from San Francisco. Who will practice first, Sean Lee or Byron Jones? Ooh. Hmm. That's a good one. I'm going to say Is Sean. Is it that? I mean, no, I'm, I'm going to say. that kind of time? I'm going to say Sean. But for exactly the reasons that he said, like, it's almost like they almost look for reasons to, like, oh, to not Sean yeah. out. I mean, he's he could not practice for the rest of the time we're in California, and I wouldn't, you know, I'd yeah. just be like, okay, like, they just don't want him to get hurt, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, that's kind of my read on it. This uh, Lance Lenore, another guy that's injured right now. And the first thing I thought about, and I know guys can't control injuries, um, and, and so it's, 
I feel a little weird when we talk about it from this standpoint, but I think it's something that needs to be said is um, and this is a guy right now that's fighting for his for a spot. I mean, you got these young guys like John V. Johnson and Jalen Guyton and Reggie Davis that are out here and performing pretty well. Those are the kind of guys that he has to be particularly concerned with when trying to make this team. How much does that hurt him and set him back by having well, to miss with injury? A lot because, uh, you know, if I had to rank all the players on this on the receiving core and their chances of making the 53-man roster, he would be last. Wow. Dead Without last. the injury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that – And it's worse for him because that, he's been here. So he ha- he's had time to show right. you that's a great and he point. hasn't. Yeah. And that is probably why he's last. It's not like he's the worst of the receivers. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but I'm just saying – his chances, he's already been here. He's done all this. He's got. He can't really be on the practice squad anymore. He's got to be on the team, and I just don't see him. I, his chances of making the team are worse than any other receiver. I, I, am I missing a guy? I mean, I think Reggie Davis is playing better than mm-hmm. a lot of them. Reggie Devi- Davis is having a fantastic game so far. Mm-hmm. He's jumped himself up into the – I mean, you just watch the one-on-one, just the orders of one-on-one. Mm-hmm. He's like fourth. <clears throat> that doesn't mean he's the fourth best. I just know that that's what he's doing and – you know, I think uh, Devin Smith comes Devin to mind. Smith. I mean, you know, Lance Lance can do a little bit more. He's got a special teams role. Devin Smith is Fair. a little more one dimensional. But Fair. I mean, we're splitting hairs. I definitely think. Yeah. Lance Lenore is, he's down there, and if he can't practice, that's definitely not good for him. But Devin Smith, better chance to make. Uh, and I, I said fifty three men roster. I should be staying around because I don't think I think Devin Smith could make the practice squad. I don't think Lance Lenore will be on the practice squad. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what I should have said. All right, so yes, that hurt. I don't even know how long he's supposed to be out. Neither, neither do I. I mean, the I, way Jason Garrett build all of these, they don't strike me as particularly, you know, I long-term. I found things. out about his injury like six minutes ago when you mentioned it. <laughs> I really didn't even know he was banged up. And you know, honestly, that was the, the when I when I noticed that he was on the injury report. My thought was, you know, I really haven't noticed him out here, which yeah. is not a good thing. No. When you look at all these other young yeah. guys that you are noticing that are making plays, and you have to say, who's that number? Who's that again? And, like, his number's not the guy that's popping off the, you know, off the screen if you're watching it as a guy that's, you know, that's, that's performing well. He did well. last year. Last year he really yeah. was making a difference. Two years in a row, really. Yeah. yeah. Which is why, I mean, Reggie Davis is off to an amazing start, but Lance Lenore was off to an amazing start at right. one point, too. So. We see it every year. Let's move on to a little bit of blanket coverage. I have a few statements here that I'm going to throw at you guys. You guys fill in the blanks. The first statement, based on what we've seen and heard, fullback Jamez Olawale may have an increased role in the offense. I blank that idea. Dave. I love that idea, probably because I wrote that story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of had a feeling you were going to go that way, but, you know. No, well, I mean, just if you're going to have the guy on the team, do something with him. And I, I you know. If you've watched OTAs and minicamp and out here, like it's very obvious that Kellen Moore likes 21 personnel, two backs and a, and a tight end. Jameez Olawale has spent a lot of time on the field. They've thrown it to him a lot, a little more more so at OTAs than out here. But he has been active, and I even I asked him, I was like, "You're doing a lot more," and he was like, "Yeah, you know, they kind of that was something we talked about when I resigned, is you know having a bigger role, and that sounded exciting, and blah 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 blah." So I asked Jason Garrett about it, and he was he's like, "Well, we." We've always had a fullback. Like I know you don't, <laughs> you don't do anything with him. I went and looked. He played 114 snaps last year. Yeah. Really, I mean he, he seven percent of the snaps. I know you know he dropped a touchdown in Atlanta, but really didn't do a whole lot. Uh, so if they're actually going to keep a fullback and do something with him, especially in an athletic guy like Jamez, let's go. Sure, Amber, I blank that idea. 
Um, I support it, I Kay. guess. I mean, right now, I, I feel like they have never really given you a taste of what it could be like. For me, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not, but with them not using it, I, I would assume it's better for them to start utilizing the fullback position more because clearly what they've done on the offense so far in previous year hasn't necessarily been all that productive when it comes to that position specifically. So why not? Let's try it, mix it up, utilize him, see how you can utilize other players and see where that takes you. One of the things Dave pointed out in his article I thought was interesting was that 2016 he had a 75-yard touchdown so the guy's got something. I mean, he's got some ability from the standpoint of being able to make some plays, make a big play. He's done it Busted at least coverage. that time, right? It, either way, the point is, 75 yards in the NFL, that ain't, like, that's not just something anybody can do. Do it, it in it, America. Yeah, yeah, the game was in Mexico City. <laughs> no, okay. I Okay, right. But the point is, I'm not I, think that, I think that doesn't, when you think about a fullback, you don't think about a fullback going 75 yards on a touchdown, no, right? No, So I think that that shows maybe there's a little bit more of him than your typical fullback. But I'm going to just speak for everybody sure. that's, that's pissed off right now listening. It's, they're just remembering the fact that he clapped at the ball before it came to him in Indianapolis. And that's the, that's the thing. I mean, that was one of the worst-looking plays you've seen. Dropped the touchdown in Indy, not Atlanta. Sorry. It was Beasley. Did I say Atlanta? No, in I Indy. said Atlanta yeah. earlier. Yeah, I mean, that one was that was, was really bad. And so uh, this, I think he's got more skills than, than he showed there, I would imagine. But, you'd uh, hope so, yeah. You, you'd hope so. But, yeah, I mean, I keep hearing that he, he would be a guy that they would put – put in there for short yardage situations if they needed to. Mm-hmm. Which I'd go with Zeke if he's there. They they gave him $5 million. I mean, for it's a three-year deal, not like $5 million lump sum, but still, like, it's a sizable contract for – and again, like, if I was building a team, I probably wouldn't put a fullback on it, but I know they're going to. So if he's going to be here, use him. Yeah. And, th- like, they never have – you know, Keith Smith was a great story, but they never used him either. So, yeah, if he's going to be here, do something with him. The the promising thing is that we're seeing Kellen Moore doing different things on the offense and moving guys and placing them in different positions and all over the thing. So I think that they will incorporate him more. I and agree. That's just another element to add to your offense. I think someone told me that uh, all the people that weigh 220 and, and, and more, he's the fastest on the team. You know, of of all those guys, I mean, maybe not Zeke, but those guys. I mean, none of the receivers. Jalen and yeah, but but he yeah. he is a he's really fast for his size. Yeah, and I, that's what helps him on special teams. I know Keith O'Quinn loves him on special teams. The year the year he had the seventy five yard touchdown, I think he caught fourteen passes for the Raiders, which like that you know yeah, that's like decent. that. We'll take yeah. fourteen to twenty. That, that haven't sounds had a manageable. Catch that many since Moose probably. Yeah, no, and Richie I don't Anderson. True. <laughs> Don't call him a fullback. But no, but he played fullback. He, played he fullback. was on the roster That's at fullback. Right. He was, yeah. And Bill used the heck out of him. Yeah. He's the best running back on that team, right? Probably. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like saying who's the best backup know, right? on this team, backup quarterback. <laughs> All right. Oh, wow. We're going to get to that conversation. Okay. Blanket coverage uh, statement number two. There's been some talk about turnovers, particularly INTs thrown by Dak in practice. If you had to use one word to describe Dak's throws, Throughout training camp, it would be Nick blank. One word. Um, good, right? I mean, yeah, he has interceptions, but he's got some touchdowns as well. And to to his defense, not all of them were his fault. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to get to this question because I I was actually being posed this by somebody on Twitter, and they were saying, "Man, we keep hearing about this. Is this something to be concerned about?" 
And so I wanted to get your opinions. Is this something to be concerned about? It doesn't seem like it to me, but I wanted to get your no, opinions. No, he, he's been, you know, three years is enough to, to kind of get a good read on uh, certain aspects of his game. He's not been a guy that's thrown uh, many interceptions at all. It takes care of the football. And, you know, this is the time where you're working some things out. Like Amber said, one of those was, you know, Randall Cobb, I think, playing volleyball with him. So, you know, and setting it up in the air like that. I mean, not all his fault, but. You know, th there's been some that, you know, he'd like to have back. But, the, again, that's what they're doing. They're learning the offense, learning the reads and stuff. I think when you get to the games, I don't think it'll be an issue. Amber. I'm not concerned at all. I, I think I've seen more good things from him so far than bad. So I really, really like his progress. It is noticeable. His precision has gotten better. His uh, Him moving around, you know, just feeling more comfortable. You can tell that he, he's going back to – regaining that confidence that we saw from him earlier on when he first got here you know I think he lost that last year but then now I feel that he he he's taking over this team again and, and feeling confident and comfortable and all of the above Dave in one word Dak's throwing during camp is blank inconsistent I'll be the bad guy. It's fine. I mean, anybody that knows me knows that I'm I'm firmly pro Dak and I'm in favor of giving him a new contract but uh, he's he he could be sharper, and he looked sharper in OTAs than he's looked so far. It doesn't it doesn't concern me. I saw a Todd Archer tweeted this morning. He's completed 36 of 51 in 11 on 11 and 7 on 7. That's 70 percent. So he's fine. It's not a bad percentage. But <laughs> no, it's it's I'll a take it's a fantastic percentage. Yeah. And by and large, he's been good out here. He really has. But. You know, it, it's it sounds like a Skip Bayless hot take, but if you're going to give him 30-something million, like there's some throws out here that concern me, none more so than yesterday during compete period, which is one-on-one -on -one linebacker and a running back. Tony Pollard had Jalen Smith beaten by five yards. I'm not yeah. exaggerating. It was he, – yeah. he destroyed him. Destroyed him, yeah. and Dak missed the throw. Yeah. And like that – come on. that You can't do Especially that. against air. Against air, yeah. that's my point. Is it's not it's not a real game. It's not you don't have don't, Demarcus Lawrence coming down on you. You just got to make yeah. an accurate throw in an easy situation. I don't think seventy percent is a good is a good percentage. It's a great percentage here. in the NFL for games, but without a pass rush like you just said, I I think it yeah. needs to be a little bit higher than that. You know, you always talk about or we always see these guys that go to um, their workouts, their pro days and stuff, and they they hundred percent you know on air. So 70% on seven-on-seven, on seven, you do have some defensive backs batting the ball down, but it should be probably higher than that. I don't think he's been bad by any stretch, but his throws have been a little inconsistent. And, you know, like, at, at OTAs, I legitimately was like, wow, okay, Dak, what, let's go. And out here, I haven't seen that. Do you think maybe some of that, uh, at least two of his targets, I would, I would look at, you know, you got Tony Pollard and you got Randall Cobb that are new people to him. So they're sure. kind of working out timing. I mean, he's trying to figure out how fast Tony Pollard really is because you get out there like that when he's got a yeah. five-yard lead, like you say. You're trying to see just how fast is he. Like, I don't want to underthrow him, right? He's got a five-yard lead. Let me put it out there. And then you throw it, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was he's probably that, that fast. Like, <laughs> nobody's that fast. But but that's what you got to figure out out here in the, and, on the practice field. You don't necessarily want to – you want to be ready for the game so you don't have to make that decision in the game. And like Cobb has had a couple of drops. Uh, you know, yeah. we said Dak's first pick the other day was went right through Randall Cobb's hands. So, yeah, and it, it's not concerning, but – you know, like we always rank the best players of training camp. Dak is not playing like one of the yeah. handful of best players at camp right now, in my opinion. Right. Do you we have more questions? It's interesting no. okay. to, to hear that perspective because when I started talking about Dak, I'm like, oh, he looks great to me, you know. And I think it, probably not fair to 
judge it based on on this, but I feel that the way I see it, I'm so used to him not being good at practice from previous <laughs> years, you know, not seeing yeah, him yeah, do true. well, that now that I'm seeing him do some good things out here, it makes me feel like, oh, wow, okay, he's, he looks way better. And, and hopefully that makes him look even better when the lights come on on a real game. And that's totally – you're absolutely right. He does play better in games. It's a classic argument that I have with Nick all the time. I grade on a curve. Yeah. When you're a fourth-round pick and, you know, you're young, that's awesome. But if we're talking about paying this guy $32 million, then the standard starts to go up. Yep. And that's which, fine. Which is kind of what you, we saw yesterday. I mean, you, you were talking about Taco. Like, he really hasn't been that bad. And you're like, he's a first-round pick. Like, yeah. you've <laughs> already lowered his his <laughs> expectations so low. He hasn't been disappointed. He, he what was the word you used? Stop. I'm nice He now. hasn't been no. an embarrassment. <laughs> He hasn't been an embarrassment. I have a, I have a point about Tony Pollard. I don't know if we're going to get to that later on. or Sure, say it right I'll now. I'll mention it now. Yeah. Okay, so yesterday in the compete, they split him out wide, one-on-one with, with Jalen Smith. He goes way out there, uh, and he just runs right by him. And, of course, like Dave said, you know, Dak missed the play. That that sounds great that Tony Pollard was out there and the linebacker. But this the key for him is he's going to have to run the ball right up the middle on, on some plays. They have to give him the ball in between the tackles because if they don't do that and they call him a gadget player, you'll never get the middle linebacker out there. So that's why Kamara does it. You know, and Kamara's pretty good, but you have to show that when Pollard's in the game, you have to be honest with how you, they, they line up on defense. So, therefore, he will have to run occasionally just to get the kind of mismatches they want all the time. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Well, Here's, why. <laughs> Here's why. Here's why. Because I don't <laughs> – I don't know that that necessarily dictates whether they'll get that out there or not because what will happen in a lot of instances is you catch the defense in man coverage. They're not necessarily going to just flip from man coverage to zone coverage. If you catch them in man coverage, you catch them in man coverage. If you notice in that play, Tony lined up in the backfield, motioned out wide, past where the receivers would have been, and if you're in man coverage and you catch them in man coverage – that's an opportunity to exploit a, a mismatch, right? So, so I don't know that I don't I, know that I you don't get that if he if he's running not running between the tackles. I just think that you're right. It probably helps if he's if he's doing a lot with, more because you can't really you can't identify what he's going to do every time he's in right, the game. Right, that's part of it. And also when he comes in the game, you know, like he won't be in there. Zeke's in there. He comes in, and all of a sudden you can miss, you can change your personnel if you want to. They've got to show that 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 can be a run as well. So if they if they want to go to nickel or dime packages because they got him in there, he just every now and again he's going to have to prove for whatever the reason that, and that'll help with play action too. That he's can, he can run it up in there too. It won't yeah. be the same as Zeke, but he, he can run. And, it up and in it'll there. be about down and distance too. That's how you get Jordan Lewis when the Cowboys played the Saints. You get Jordan Lewis being out there a lot more, or at least some. Yeah. I'd say I would say a lot more, but some. Uh, whenever they were in certain down and distance, because he would, he was going to be the guy that was going to make sure I, if Kamara came I, out of the backfield, he could cover. I think he can. He's a jet sweep guy, right? Tony? Yeah, I freaking yeah, absolutely. Hope so. They better use him like that. I would think he's way too fast not to be. Yeah. yeah, and that's the one thing we've seen out here. I love the way he runs, particularly when he's running between the tackle or off tackle. I love the fact that like he is a very decisive runner. Mm-hmm. He finds where he wants to go, and before you know it, he's upfield. He is not one of those, I'm going to try to juke you guys. He like finds his hole, and he gets upfield, yep. and he doesn't. It looks really effortless, but he's moving. He's moving really fast. Yep. I love that about him. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to get some questions. We uh, I put out a, a tweet last night and asked for some questions, and we got an overwhelming response, a ton of questions from you guys. So we're going to go through some of those questions. We'll also hit a few observations before we get into questions from these guys on uh, maybe some things they saw 
yesterday in practice that were interesting. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, renews monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 and less canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. You want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers secrets stories and more what's steven jones thinking during a game what's joe looney's favorite pregame meal we take your questions to cowboys players and coaches and you can hear the answers directly back to you just say alexa open dallas cowboys star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk ex and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back to the break, Derek. <laughs> so sorry. We got 100 things going on out here at training camp. <laughs> so, but let's jump back in. We do have a lot to talk about. Um, before we get to questions, which I, I appreciate all you guys sending us so many great questions last night and this morning, we're going to get to some of those here in just a moment. But before we do that, I want this guy, these guys, to uh, talk a little bit about practice yesterday. Some observations that maybe they saw uh, during the uh, the time the Cowboys were on the field yesterday afternoon. Some things that maybe stood out to them. We'll start first with Amber. What did you see yesterday, Amber? Well, I was excited yesterday because finally the energy level went up a little bit. I think the, the previous two padded practice, the energy wasn't necessarily there, at least to me. And yesterday, it, they seemed moving, like the energy was there. They were moving faster, doing more things around. One of the things I noticed, uh, speaking of the running back position, Darius Jackson, he's a guy that doesn't necessarily excite me because of the things that we've seen in the past you know we haven't seen not that he's gotten that many opportunities before but i don't feel that he has taken advantage of those or or capitalized on them but now i think that he's definitely making some progress he caught my eyes yesterday and he's able to move in there penetrate <laughs> i love using that word not really but oh my god <laughs> this football terms football you is pull dirty. out of the nose dive okay it, it, football is like dirty really dirty, dirty. okay yeah, yeah. Go okay ahead. thank you so he, he's able to get in there and and move fast cut fast and, and i like the the power and the burst that he he has right now and it's exciting to see that from a guy that you know 
Hopefully, I don't know. We'll see what happens there at the running back position. Yeah. But he's a guy that stood out to me yesterday on the things that he was doing. Nick. Um, my guy Jalen Jelks, I thought had a couple of nice plays in the in the one on one. That's one thing I was I was kind of looking at there. Um, and also, the, him and Dorrance Armstrong, both those guys that I can see, they're actually looks like they're putting them in situations where they're going up against better competition. Mm-hmm. I saw Dorrance going up against Tyron Smith. It wasn't terrible. It was pretty good. Oh, did you not see the one play? Where he beat him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He put him in the spin cycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. That Not just did he not just he, con- yeah. he destroyed Tyron. He embarrassed From the standpoint yeah. of, like, just his quick. From his no, because he came back his, the next round. Just his quick. His ass, yeah, but. exactly. But, the hey, if you're that guy yeah, you're, and you're going yeah. up against Tyron and you win once, right. yeah. that's a oh. victory. Like, Which, that is a big victory. And Tyron Smith holds himself to such a high standard, I bet he was pissed. Yeah. Maybe even embarrassed. Yeah, think yeah. about it. As a defensive end, if you average one sack a game, you're going to probably lead the NFL and be close to it. Mm-hmm. So that would have been his sack that game. Like, that's that's yeah. big. That's huge. Yeah. That, was, that was big. But uh, I, you could just tell that they're starting to get those defensive ends, and Jelks is in that group too, I believe. Maybe not as high as Dorrance, but they're starting to get those guys in there, a little bit more reps. And so uh, it, it started out offensive line was really – dominating that, and I think the defensive line is catching up a little bit and starting to be more competitive in those drills. Dave? I'm just going to sit over here and drive the Jordan Lewis hype train. My man, Jay Lou, Mm -hmm. ate his Wheaties yesterday. He's killing people out there. He beat beat everybody in one-on-ones. He had three pass breakups. Yeah, uh, Cedric Wilson had a completion on him down the field. Yeah. Cool story, bro. You did Great. six moves. You yeah. did a come. You did a hitch. <laughs> then you went out. Then you went up. Then you went out. Then you went up, and you finally caught the ball on J. Lou after seven seconds, which would never happen. So you can have that. Uh, he was. He's awesome. I. You know. He's. He's the best. I, somebody. I think it was Kavanaugh tweeted. He's the best fourth cornerback in the NFL. Like it's crazy. He's. He's balling out here. I was excited for him. Yeah. That was a great catch by uh, Cedric. It was. It really was. Right. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know that it's, those it's, one-on-one drills are. They're just, so much fun tough. to watch, yeah. but it's so biased it should, against it the DB. Be one, which is, two, three, horn. Like blow the horn. They throw it. Yeah. But that's also why I, the, the guy that I'll point out. Wow, I'm so impressed with him yesterday, which is Mike Jackson. Yeah, he had an interception. Yeah, it was a too. very, very nice interception. But then there were other parts during team where he had some pass breakups. I mean, he was he was oh. balling and yesterday. Actually, throw it out there. Anthony Brown really well, played yeah. really. He well, had a too. great yeah. And actually, Anthony Brown has really been the last two days. I thought that he's had really good, uh, really good performance out here. Say, so. If we're talking about cornerbacks, I think that probably the most surprising of of all was the fact that Chris Westry he's back came back. We had talked about you know this. We didn't know what the situation was, and it really looked like he was gone. It looked like he packed his bags and left. And maybe he did for a little bit, which it wouldn't be the first time. Comes back, got some things in order. He had a good practice, actually. And, and maybe it was because we, we thought he wasn't going to play again. But he came back and actually showed those long arms he's got. He's 6'4". Did a pretty nice job out there. So I, I think that was his best practice since you know, that, that we've ever seen from him. Maybe we were just watching him more because we're like, oh, he's back. But he did pretty good. Yeah, yeah when we I talked agree. yesterday about, uh, you know, which position has been the better position, and we and we kind of – I think we all kind of agree, well, it's definitely the offensive line. I don't know. Defensive backs, I think they're having a really, really solid camp. And that's the thing. you got to put it in context because defensive backs, they're not going to win every time, but you got to win sometime. And they are finding and their fair share of wins – uh, against this receiver group, with with two things going against them. Number one, their best players not with them, and right. two, this, these drills are designed for the offense to make plays and make them look bad, and, yep. that, and they're not. So right. that, that's really good. 
All right, let's get into some questions. Again, really appreciate you guys giving us uh, some good stuff to go through here. Amber's going to read some of these questions. We're going to get through a lot of them today, a lot of different topics. Uh, so let's get going. What do you got, Amber? Don't, don't start rambling. Don't talk too much if we're going to get through a lot. Okay? That's fair. fair. All right, with everything going on with Zeke, will this <laughs> offense focus more on Dak's mobility and a return of Nick's favorite thing? The flea, flea, flea flicker. Flea flicker. Oh, man. Once a game, I think they should do it. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that it's a hard question to answer right now because, yeah, Zeke's not here and they're going to do things differently without him if they have to play without him, which I thought was interesting with some of the things that Jerry said. Um, I guess it didn't make the first two segments of our show, but um, I, I do think that they're preparing some things to do without him. It'll be, it'll be different. I don't know about just running Dak all the time. I th once they give him thirty million a year or whatever, they're gonna. I, I don't see them running him Protect a lot. Him. They should though. They, but they don't run him a lot. They haven't run him a lot, well, in should. my opinion, for the first three years. I think he runs at opportune times, which I'm okay with. They should. I think he should run more. That's when Maybe. we see the best of him. I feel like. But I but think I also we will. I, what I wonder though, I wonder if it's diminishing returns. I think if you, I wonder if you run him more, are you going to get less of? the big plays because I what I love about Dak right now is he can go a whole game and not run it and then you get to the fourth quarter and it's you got to have it right now and like the Seattle game he has this huge run mm -hmm. that wins the ball sure. game for you so I he's not the fastest you know he's not the guy that's going to make everybody miss so I don't know how much I want him running but I, I want him to be opportune when there are opportunities that make sense run him well, I, I I think a little bit more than that. I, I I've always compared it to to Cam Newton and how that is a big part of their offense where he he will run. But remember, right now we think Dak's this big, strong, young guy that can take this th these hits, and I believe Cam did it as well. But over time, it it, it definitely Last wears year. up. It, it does. Yeah. But I think there's you look at the Jacksonville game. They're an aggressive defense, and that was the design for him to run. I think he ran 11 times, had mm -hmm. a touchdown. I mean. He can be a difference maker there, and that will only open things up. For but that's also about the game plan. You play that kind of defense, and maybe you do it. You play another defense that doesn't do that, and maybe you decide, hey, this is a week we want Dak at this. We want Dak to stay back in the pocket. We don't necessarily want to run him a lot. We may find an opportune moment to run him, but it's not going to be an every week thing. Like Goes with, against like everything Jason Garrett tries to preach to us. We do what we do. Well, if you do what you do, then you know put your guys in position. I mean, I understand you game I hope plan. I hope. I hope they let. The, the new offensive coordinator to decide do what, what they're going to do. Because doing what you do hasn't gotten you past where you've been. So at some point you got to realize you got to do something a little different, I would think. Is Tyron Smith really that good, or has Robert Quinn lost a step? Dave? A little bit of both. Probably. I mean, like, you know, we had a whole argument about it in the spring. Derek thinks Robert Quinn's better than Demarcus Lawrence, and I don't. Um, it's not. Yeah, I couldn't resist that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it, I mean. Because, you know, now that's the yeah, that's out there. That's going to be. Said the, it. We no, you said it. No, that's not. But that is it. not what I okay. said. It doesn't matter. Said, but go ahead. Go ahead. It doesn't matter. It's been, it's been six years since Robert Quinn was the 19 sack guy. It's been yeah. a while. So, you know, he's he's not. Demarcus still hasn't gotten to 19 sacks. True. He's not what he was. Yeah. Um, okay. But a lot of guys have looked bad at the hands of Tyron Smith. Yeah, out exactly. Here. I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. Robert Other than Dorrance. Dorrance is now the one tyrant time, killer. One time so far. <laughs> He's the tyrant so, killer now. I, I no. I. Tyron Smith is that good. If I had to answer yes. it succinctly, I would say that. You know, like we, we would say, Olivier Vernon had had a couple of good plays against them in that Dolphins game a few mm -hmm. years ago. It's like, oh, he can handle uh, Tyron. I mean, Tyron probably won 97% of those battles. That's but, the but point. Like you're saying. And, but 
my, to my point, Quinn has done a couple of those yep. as well. So Quinn, you know, and they're not going to be all like Tyron Smith. So he can make three to four, five impact plays like that a game. With all and with all due respect to Robert Quinn, like you know, it's a big name, but I, I wouldn't go into this season expecting him to be that that guy from 2014. Right. You know, give me a number. What do you think as far as sacks realistic for for Robert Quinn this year? Realistic and great, anywhere between six and nine. Okay, like that's about where I am. Yeah. Too. And, and, I mean, if he hits double digits, then I'll see y'all in Miami for the Super Bowl probably. And assuming that Tank's going to be yeah. somewhere in that 10 to 12 range? Yeah. Well, yeah. If they both get to double digits, we're cooking with gas. That would be pretty fantastic. And then throw in six for Dorrance. And Damn, from Malik. six. Okay. I'm going to have 70 sacks. Four for Malik. <laughs> going to be better than the 2015 Broncos? Okay. Taco. Two. Uh, Why did it get quiet? Like, <laughs> nobody had anything to say. Because you stopped laughing. <laughs> guess that's true. All right, beside the Super Bowl, how should people measure Kellen Moore's first year as an OC? How better, about – oh, sorry, go ahead. Do, do better in the red zone. You know, that's where it gets tough. That's where things – you can kind of do all these other things, um, you know, with the offensive line and your speed of receiver and all that. But it gets down in the red zone. That's where you really have got to be able to scheme some things and, and, and figure out ways to, to beat that defense. And if he can do that, I think that that's one good thing of like, hey, you know what, their red zone efficiency is much better this year. You know, that's, that's one. I mean, if you're not saying like big picture or Super Bowl type stuff. If you can get better in the red zone – I don't want to oversimplify, but it really feels like you'd fix most of this team's ails if you were – I mean, yeah. I was going to say, flirt with 30 points a game. I don't even need you to hit it, but yeah. 27, with 28. This defense, with yeah. this de- yeah. Flirt with 30 points a game. If you can reliably get to 27 or 28, you should win a lot of games. And that – 22. They scored 22 points per game. That's butt in the NFL. Yep. That's so bad. <laughs> Just get a but. five or six points better, and all you have to do to hit that goal, I think, is be better in the red zone. Yeah. Will Blake Jarwin be the number one at tight end at any point during the season? Not unless Jason Witten gets hurt, which he never has before, at least not enough to take him out of the lineup. I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I just got a feeling that – He's been looking good. He has him. looked really good. I think he's I think he's pretty athletic for a tight end. Um, and personally, my own personal belief, just of what I've seen so far – I think he's the best tight end you got right now. Um, that's just my opinion. Now, again, really? some of this, some of this, we're not seeing, and, and we won't see until we get into games with regards to how well he's blocking and that kind of stuff. But I don't think that at the point when Jason left the game, I don't think he was as good a blocker as he once was. Um, so um, I don't. I'm not certain that that he's going to be when it's all said and done. I'm not sure he's going to be your best option at tight end. I actually think Blake's Blake's becoming your best tight end on this team, and so I think at some point this year we may see. A little bit of the changing of the guard. I, I still believe Jason Witten's going to be your starter every game at tight end. I just think there could be games that we start to see where Blake's going to be more involved and he's going to get more opportunities maybe than Jason. I got to watch it. I got to watch it happen with my own eyes. And I want to see him stop beating defensive backs and say in linebackers. I mean, it, it slowed down a lot in the last you know couple of years, but he still gets open. He can still get open and still make some plays. He may have went out here yesterday. Yeah, he did. did you see that yet? The, the out. Ball wasn't there though. Right? No, no, there was an out route that they asked that they complete. Right yeah, Witten. Yeah. There was a there was an out route that they did complete. It was yeah. about 10, 15 year yeah. yards down the field. He didn't have much separation, but the ball was right on the money. He caught yeah. it and I was on the other side of the field, but wasn't there a one on one play where he definitely beat the guy, yeah. but then the ball wasn't there? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So yeah. Jalen also Jalen punked him in two minute drill though. It was pretty badass. Like he did his classic yeah. 
eight and turn around and tried to box Jalen out, and Jalen just kind of reached over his shoulder like, doink, no, yep. you're not catching that. <laughs> yep. He's so good. He's they got some it. good coverage linebackers. Yeah, they swipe. really do. I don't think he swiped because it was only second down, but maybe after they got him off the field. But that's also why I was so pleasantly surprised when the same when he was up against Pollard and Pollard just ran right past him because don't forget, Jalen can run. Like sure. for a linebacker, Jalen can run. Yeah. And Pollard just opened up on him. Like I mean, like he took off down the field and it was just I mean, like he just separated. But think about it. all the middle linebackers in the NFL and they yeah. all overrun. He he's number one, don't you think? Jalen? Yeah. Probably. I mean, I, yeah, yeah that's got to be up there. I don't so, know. Yeah, that's those kinda, Atlanta linebackers are pretty fast. Right, but that's kind of to my point from earlier. If if Kellen Moore's schemes can get Tony Pollard out here and the linebacker goes with them, that's 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 a problem, and that won't happen very often. And what'll happen is is there'll be some changes. Safety will come out, corner will come out, but that will change what they're trying to do. But what what you also have to remember is okay. Let's assume a safety or corner goes out. What happens with the the other responsibility that safety or corner had before? Right. Was did he have Amari? That's did he have I mean. Cooper? Okay, that's, right. you're, we're saying the same. Thing. All right, good, perfect. They, they can't help themselves. Sometimes. All right, go ahead. Watch. Are this. you guys done? Watch this. Yeah, go. All right, thank you. Um, do you guys expect to see a major trade happening before the season starts? No, no. no. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's what we want to do. All right, that's we've, our game now. Okay. We've talked about a woozy <laughs> in the past. Um, has he met the expectations? Has in, and is his arrow still heading north? How is he looking so far? No. C. Yes. Pretty good. No, he huh? hasn't met expectations. Yes, his arrow's going up, and he's looking pretty good out What's here. the expectation? I mean. Well, make the Pro Bowl. Okay, okay. I mean. I don't know. You're a high second-round pick. Second-round picks are tricky with the expectations. But he's, a, he's not a high second-round pick. Well, he was a, he you're was right. He was a late second-round second pick. That's right. And I and, think and his first year was not. It was okay, and then he came in at, at the he, end. He's like. right where I think is a reasonable expectation. I mean, he's an every-game starter. You know, it would be great if he could get picks in a stadium other than MetLife in a week other than 17. But, um, I mean, yeah, he he looks good out here. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't looked bad. He hasn't been outstanding, he, but he's solid. I don't have yeah, a problem I kinda with agree where with you, I don't think I don't think Cheeto has by any means been – under expectations for me. Like, I think he's right where I would expect him to be he's, at this point based on where yeah. he was drafted. And it I think would, he's, I he's mean, been a solid player for him. It would be dope if he could get better. But, like, yeah, yeah he's yeah. pretty he's about what I expected him to be, I guess. Yeah. How much in Kellen Moore's movement-based offense helped prepare the defense for teams like the Rams? Good question. Hmm. That uh, is a good question. You would hope a lot. Yeah. And you're seeing it a lot out here. Like, you really are. Just every play – Mari Cooper was talking about how much he likes lining up in all the different spots. Him and Cobb have both been moving in and out of the formation. You see a lot of play action and real action in the backfield. So, yeah, I mean, they looked pretty lost against the Rams in that playoff game. So if they're seeing this stuff on a regular basis, I would have to imagine it would help. Yeah, hopefully, and hopefully just the, the experience. Again, this is a very young team. The experience of going through that Rams game, hopefully they learned a lot about what they will be expecting when they face teams like that because some yeah. of them, they may have been the first time they've ever seen that in the NFL. That's why it's so important to get – that's why they draft, drafted Tristan Hill. Um, you know, Antoine Woods has got to be strong there in the middle because the linebackers can get all this. They can get the side to side. They'll be fine with the speed. But when, as soon as you start cheating that way, you got to be able to not be gashed right up the middle. And I thought that's what the Rams did and even the Colts. But if the defensive tackles are better, stronger up front, it's going to be a pretty good defense.
Yep, okay. I think so too. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. We'll get some more questions. Amber's filtering through all the questions we got. Again, thank you guys for sending all those. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Back to the break. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation Tumblers at otterbox.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm and a Cowboys can cooler. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word COWBOYS. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. To the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of the break live from the, uh, I was about to say SWBC Morgan Studios, but we won't be back there for another two weeks. We are live in Oxnard. The Cowboys are taking the field right now for their morning walkthrough. Uh, that'll take place here for the next hour or so, hour, hour and a half. Uh, we got Jason Garrett coming up at noon. Make sure you check that out. Uh, and then uh, we got practice at 3.30. So Wish we'd been having that Jalen debate about five <laughs> minutes later so we could have Jaylen's asked running through. As Leighton Vander, running through. Ask Leighton about it while he runs through. Yeah. It didn't seem like he was in real chatty mode. No, you're right. As Garrett's like, one minute, guys, one minute. That would have been interesting to say, hey, 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 hey. We, we need you for a sec. Yeah, 55, get over here. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back to some questions. What do we have, Amber? All right. Is there any position that you feel will have a drop-off from last year? Once the hmm. season gets started, I can probably think of a few. All right, I mean, a few. Kick, kicker jumps out to me. Is that a drop off or is it about the same? Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, he might, make, he might not make the team. It might be. It could be worse. I mean, 
as dicey as it got at the end of the year, Brett Maher also made like 16 in a row from weeks two to six or something like that. So. And he made some big kicks. That's, that's the, that was the he part hit. that – that frustrated me like about him. three game winners in the like, same season, I think? He would hit some big kicks, and I'm talking like distance, some big kicks, and then he'd miss ones that were yeah. just kind of like, what, 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 what happened? It's playing out right here. He, he'll he bang it in from – he banged in a 45-yarder yep. to win the two-minute period. Stop it. And he hit a 48-yarder during special teams drills. And then from 35, not so much. No and one's going like, to care about what she did. They're just going to care about you hitting her. Sorry, I didn't no. hit you. I <laughs> gave you a polite no, shove. It's all good. He missed from 35 yesterday. That's terrifying to me. How about starting running back? And eh, nah. Uh, I'm still not a believer that that's going to be a Zeke boy. I think he's going to be back. Boy ain't, he's not I mean, missing. I, I don't think he's going to miss that money. I don't as Jerry Jones said he's gonna yesterday, he's going to have less yards. Nick, um, when has Jerry not gotten a deal done. Right. That's not what I said, and that's true. That was an interesting he, statement, but I'm saying he won't have this many yards. Here's where, here's where I'll, I'll maybe will we'll agree with that is, you know, I've already said it on the show, I'm a big believer that when running backs miss training camp, mm-hmm. good things don't happen. So maybe maybe that's what happens. He, he's just not as good as he would have been if he would have been out here conditioning the whole time with his team, even if he doesn't play preseason, just the conditioning of working through with his team. Like maybe yeah. that right. maybe that's the difference. I got a good one for you, and I'm not trying to hate. I'm, I'm trying to think outside the box here, but linebacker. And the reason that I yeah. say that is because they're 23 and 24 respectively. They were fantastic last season. They're super athletic. But I always say this is like people expect it to be like Madden where like every offseason you gain a few attribute points. Players aren't necessarily like that. Sometimes they plateau. Sometimes they dip. Sometimes it. injuries set in. So I think Jalen and Layton will be fine, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had some growing pains, both of them, because Jalen is still a young developing player and Layton's only in his second season. I wouldn't be surprised if Byron Jones doesn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So I could see him having a setback. As I mean, as a, as a, I mean with yeah. the linebackers, though, I, I would be kind of surprised if Jalen wasn't as good, if not better. I would not be surprised with Leighton. Because you see a lot of times with guys. Second year. Have, yeah, second yeah. year is kind of yeah. when they have that little And, and Jalen would be, yeah. He's Jalen's past that, Third right? year, yeah. I think Jalen's right now, I expect Jalen to start hitting his real stride as, a, as the best of what he's going to be. Third, fourth year is where yeah. you start to see that. And so I actually expect that Jalen's going to have a phenomenal year. I could see, I wouldn't be shocked if Layden is a little bit down, not a lot, but a little bit down just because yeah. sometimes that happens. You see guys in their second year kind of have a little dip. But, yeah, overall I think they're still going to be pretty freaking good. I'm not worried about it, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen that play out before with young players. Yeah. We've talked about the secondary making some plays out here. Are you expecting them to get better at turnovers God, this year? Please. We have this conversation, it seems like, every training camp. Because oh. every training camp, the team is coming off a year where nobody could get the ball. Yeah. They do not. They just don't do it. You know who's going to help that this year? Even in 14, when they had 32 takeaways, like their leader was had four. You know? or Sorry, what's going to help? The pass I, rush? I think Xavier Woods is going to help that. Oh, okay. I think he's going to – I really believe he's going to have a great year this year. I think he's going to – He's going to change what we've been saying about the safety position forever. Like since we, since back in the you know early 2000s when Woody was still kind of doing his thing here, I, I think this year he's going to make some game-changing plays uh, for this defense, and and I think they're going to finally get that guy on their back end who can actually get the ball and turn it over, 
and uh, and get it back for the offense or score. I think Robert Quinn will be the guy that makes the difference with turnovers. I think he'll get, provide more pass rush from the other side, and I think that will lead to Xavier Woods and those guys making those plays. I'm a firm believer that – Pass rush is more important to that than coverage. No offense against those guys, but it just helps so much. Yep. Uh, so I hope that's true. Xavier Woods and Leighton Vander Esch tied for the team lead with two last year. And, I I mean, it's been six years, I think, since somebody had more than three picks in a season. And I think when that happened, it was Sean Lee in 2013. So, oh, what I would give for a Cowboys DB to just ball hawk it and have, <laughs> like, seven or eight or nine picks in a year. But isn't that kind of the indictment on the secondary for the last who knows how many years? Because yes. there have been years when they've had a really good pass rush, and they've been able to get to the quarterback, and for whatever reason, they still aren't getting interceptions. Yeah. So so even with that being said, and I agree with you, I think it starts up front, but for whatever reason, they're still oh. not getting their hands on the ball and, and, and turning it over. Xavier Woods seems to have the instincts to maybe change that. And right. yeah, credit to Jeff Heath. The one, the best thing you can say about him is that he just knows how to be around the ball. Right. So He that, had a pick earlier. This, it was, yeah, this it was week. vintage yeah. Jeff Heath. Yeah. It was just being in the right place at the right time yep. and making the play. you got to make it once it's presented to you, too. Yep. Amber? I'm checking where Garrett is because this is a Garrett question. Oh, don't making worry sure about he's it. not listening. Don't worry about it. He loves you, so you <laughs> What would it take uh, for Garrett to come back next year, win the NFC Championship? the Super Bowl because clearly wouldn't go past them losing a divisional round again. I personally believe if he gets to the championship game and the team is playing well, you know, I, I think he's I think he's safe. I think that that gets that's you may you you say that like it's like this very easily <laughs> no, attainable no, goal. No, 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 no. I, I didn't mean to do that because that's not <laughs> been the easily attainable yeah. goal around here. But the way she the way she said it, she kind of threw those two things out there. Yeah. As the championship game, Which the Super Bowl. Tier I don't I don't say. think the Super Bowl yeah. is necessarily the standard to keep his job. I think if he gets to the championship game and they play well, they lose. I think he probably still keeps his job, but I, I think anything less than that, I have a hard time believing it. I don't know. It, it's about. I mean, Jerry said this earlier when in the in the opening press conference. It's about the feel. It's about yeah. where he feels the team is. Exactly. So it's all about how it ends, Which right? Jerry answered it for you. He's like, I, I'll basically I'll know it when I see it. Right. Like right. I'll know whether I'm the happy with the job that he did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can say we can put a, a round on it, but this team goes one and four, and everyone's talking about maybe making a move right there. You know, and, and you've had some injuries. Maybe the you know quarterback, running back, key players are out. All of a sudden, you kind of rally, and you get to 10-6, and six and you sneak into the playoffs and then win a game on the road and lose in the divisional round again. I don't think you're looking at it and going, all right, this is bad, you know. Or what if you go, instead of 10-6, and six, what if you go 12-4? and four? And, you know, if you go 12-4 and four and lose in the divisional round at home, I mean, I I think there's a key difference this year, though, because it's not about like Jerry Jones doesn't have to make the decision to fire him. He just has to not present him with a new contract. Right. So I, it's a subtle That's a good point. It's a subtle yeah. difference, but I think it's a difference. Um, so if they go 12 and four and lose their first game, I have a hard time believing. he yeah. would Let me ask you a question. A a deal, deal. Can, it is a Do field. you guys see a scenario? I know this is going to be a little bit far-fetched, but do you see a scenario Nothing's where we get team. to the end of this season? The Cowboys are pretty successful, right? Let's say they get to, yeah. the, to the Super Bowl. Let's say they get to the championship game, and Jason decides, you know, I don't really want to be here anymore. <laughs> and Jason is the one that decides to leave and go somewhere else. 
Because that is nobody ever talks about that side of it, but that's the flip side of not signing a guy before you get to the end of his contract. Yeah, he's free to walk, and if he has another opportunity, could you guys see a scenario where he says, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm I want to go somewhere else you, and do you, something you else. You know, I don't know this rule. You have to grant people a chance to go interview for a head coaching position. What if it's your head coach? What if it's the head coach? Uh, yeah, I assume that's not the same, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't know how the rule is. Like, I'm the head coach of the team. I could go interview with this team to be the head coach. It sucks. Because, <laughs> because if, he's, if, he's, if he's really successful, there may be other teams out there that are willing to pay him more money than maybe Jerry's willing to pay him, right? So he's got he's got free he's he's a free agent at that point, right? It sucks because Jason Garrett is such an impossible guy to know. Like I never covered Parcells, but I imagine you kind of learned a lot about his personality away from the cameras and I think you did. Yeah. Yeah. Garrett is Garrett all the time. Like we get the same guy that you get, more or less. You know, I know like he's he was different on all or nothing. We don't get that guy. So like I don't really have a great grasp on what makes him tick, but I think his, like he's so formed by those '90s Cowboys and being on those teams and the greatness of the triplets and all that and the prestige of the Cowboys and yeah. I just think that means a lot to him. But he and ended I, as a as a member of the New York Giants. That's because he like all players make concessions I, no, I, I get, as they get older. I get, older. get that, but I also think like he's from that part of the country. I think there's there are things True. that there are things that to me. No, nobody ever talks about. But when a coach becomes a free agent, I think that's part of why coaches if you want the coach he gets locked up the year before that because if he has a really good year you could find yourself in a bidding situation with other clubs that may want his services and he wow. has the ability to go and look around that's wow. tough because i like he would probably love nothing better than to go to a team where they're just not really in the headlines 90 percent of the year other than winning and losing games you know what i mean right but at the same time I think it's important to him, like the prestige of this franchise and what it would mean if and he the was big actually, stage. yeah, because yeah. that helps. That helps your yeah. your overall pro, uh, profile as yeah. a as a public figure, right? I I that would be pretty surprising to see any. I mean, any coach walk away from the biggest job in football, Jimmy yeah. maybe even sports. It. I mean, it, it would just be very interesting to That's watch and see, and it would be <laughs> and it would be after he won the championship, <laughs> right. and it, and it would be very interesting to see just from the standpoint of how much money can he command and how much money is Jerry willing to pay if he has that really successful season. He's got to get there first. Yeah, exactly, he does, but I'm just saying it could set up a pretty interesting offseason for us next year. I just, I am at like, it, it said every other year, every time they're successful. Like, I'm already imagining a scenario where, like, Zeke's – and I don't think this will happen, but I'm imagining. Like, Zeke's holdout extends into the season, and they're mediocre up until the bye, and then Zeke comes back. And they only go 9-7, and seven, but it's because they didn't have Zeke. And then they make the playoffs, right. and it's like, well, right. we got to bring him back because – because this is the he has this reason why it wasn't better because that's what we've seen for three or four years. So I wouldn't be surprised by anything. That's just my default attitude about the Cowboys. <laughs> Nothing surprising. You can't, it can't because right. it'll happen. Right. All right. I think we have time for one last one. You know, we we've heard these players talk about the Zeke situation and how they understand what he's going through and you know business is business and all that. But do you think that if this goes into the season that it will start affecting the chemistry between him and his teammates as far as him not being here and not yeah, being part of it. I do. I, I think you saw it in Pittsburgh. I think you um, last year with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yeah, when you're starting to affect – now you're affecting what they do. They can say business is business, but some, now if you're not winning games and you're not b 
performing as well, and some of these guys have contracts as well. So that now this business is affecting my business. Yeah, yeah I think I think it's it'd be hard not to, you know, especially when you know that, you know, that I, I bet you Charles Haley. Well, I would say Charles Haley wasn't commenting much at training camp. Who knows what he was doing? But I guarantee when when they went <laughs> I don't 0 and 2, know what he was doing. when they went 0 and 2 without Emmett, <laughs> the defensive end now threw his helmet through the through the wall at training in the locker room and said, "We can't win with an effing rookie." Yeah. You know, so now you're affecting him. So, yeah, I, I do think that you start losing games and you lose close games because you can't run the football. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think it'll be tough. I don't know if it would be as publicly obvious as it was in Pittsburgh. Like, I have a hard time imagining Zeke's teammates pilfering his locker. Remember, like, when all like all those dudes went through Bell's locker, like, yeah. thanks for the cleats, bro. I can't see that. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> they'll, I mean, privately, they'll be pissed. I promise you that. My que- I don't, I don't know. Privately, they are right now. I think you do? private. Yeah, I do. I don't. I do. Well, I'll just. I, I do. I think. I think there are some that are, you know, because Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Now you got a, you got this guy that's not here, and you know, I mean, you could make the argument that there's other guys that are, you know, the other players on this team are, are actually have more reasons to hold out than him, you know? But It's just so early, though. I think they're just like us where they're like, all right, like, handle your stuff. we got a long way till we need you anyway. Right. Yeah. But the True. closer it gets. But you get yeah, to game day. Yeah, you oh, get to yeah. game day and he's not there. I, I agree with you guys. And I think I think everybody starts kind of looking around like, man, when you coming? Like, it's a, this is game time So it's now. not necessarily something, you know, they keep talking about, oh, you can just plug him in at any time and it'll be fine. No, yes, I think he you, can perform no, no, and play. No, I, think I you, completely no, I think, believe I think, you no, can. Yes, I think you yes, plug him yeah. But as far as everything else, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds when you start talking about relationships and the chemistry between the team and all that. It, it affects Mm-hmm. And it translates onto the yeah, field I as think, well. I think the point is that if he gets to game one and he's not here, like, yeah, if he shows up the week of game one and he gets plugged right in, I don't think anybody thinks twice about it. If they play that week one and he's not here and they happen to lose, I think it's going to be a lot of people that's looking around like, dude, where's our running back? Mm-hmm. What, yeah. What's the problem? And the pressure you know? starts going to Jerry. And and by the way, yeah, yeah. I think I think there are, I, there are fingers that then start pointing to both. They start pointing to Zeke and to Jerry, and they're like, y'all need to figure this out because right. this ain't a good. This is not good for us. Like, yep. like you say, it's affecting my business now. <laughs> yeah. Y'all need to figure That's, this out. Nobody's bottom line is being affected by Zeke not being here, right. other than his own. But that will change in a, hur- in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back to – actually, I'm sorry, we're back on Monday. Uh, we got the blue-white scrimmage coming up on Sunday afternoon. It'll be 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. That's 5.30 for you guys back in the Dallas area. And then on Monday we'll be back on the air. We'll tell you all about what we saw during the blue-white scrimmage and, uh, and, and give you our best opinions, our best analysis on this team. Going forward for Nick Eben, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagle, and this has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?